to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I ready to break down the entire playoff picture. Now, the Honda West Division still yet to be decided as of our recording. It is 6 p.m. on Wednesday, May the 12th. So uh, we don't yet know for sure if Vegas is playing St. Louis and Colorado is playing Minnesota. That could potentially flip. But we will break down all the other divisions talk about the potentials in that one and and, and later on we'll uh, we'll throw out a, a quick emergency show to break down the Honda West division before Justin we break down every playoff series in the National Hockey League playoffs this year uh, any thoughts on teams that miss the playoffs that uh, that you are disappointed in yeah, I got to say the one team I was disappointed in more than any other, uh, mostly because I picked them to make the playoffs, uh, were the New York Rangers. And I think maybe management felt the same way because they cleared house today. Yes, they did. <laughs> those, I mean, for the second time they've cleared house. Yeah, for the second time. Yeah, for those who haven't heard yet. So they, uh, the Rangers recently, you know, uh, got rid of their their management up upstairs, but today got rid of you know Mr. Quinn behind the bench and three assistants. So. It looks like it's full on the Chris Drury show moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my vote is for John Tortorella 2.0. That's where I'm going. Oh my gosh! Yes, and That'll then be not only that too, but uh, in case you haven't seen it, Vegas released their odds for teams most likely to land Jack Eichel this off season, the and the Rangers were number one. Yeah. Oh baby, we'll see. We will. Oh see. baby, Panarin and Eichel. Can you imagine? I I want to. I want to imagine, and, and I'm thrilled that uh, a team that I like is not in their division. So if if that were to happen. Now, granted, the Rangers would have to give something up. My guess is it's Capo Keiko, to be honest, if they're going to yeah, the make least. that move. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the playoff matches. Why don't we start in the central division where I think uh, the – the 1-4 Carolina-Nashville is a fascinating series in its own right because of the way Nashville's played down the stretch, the way Carolina has really played all year long. They've they've just been the model of consistency. Uh, this series is going to be fun, but as just a, uh, I guess a little a little side note, I, I love that you know the four teams that are going to be in the playoffs in this division are all teams that have been in the league for less than 30 years. Some of them have been in the league even less than that, you know, closer to 20. Uh, it's just fun to see some of these Southern teams doing well and and actually having a, a really great following, and the league is really growing in the South. You know, 15 years ago, if you had these series in the Central, you would have a lot of people going, well, great, nobody's going to watch these. And, and now that is just not the case. And so that's I think that's something to celebrate that our game is growing. But Carolina, Nashville, what are your initial thoughts in this series? Well, I mean, initially you got to look at, again, Carolina, right? The model of consistency just playing super well throughout the entire season. They really just embody Rod Brendamore, who I think is probably my favorite right now for the Jack Adams. But uh, oddly enough, though, is – as hot and as good and you know these jerks have been throughout the entire season they they go in their final two games here against nashville and just get tanked five to nothing 
a couple days ago and, and lost three to one a few days prior to that. So, um, you know, you got to think maybe momentum, maybe Nashville's feeling good going into this playoff series saying, hey, you know, we've shown we can beat these guys. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, I, I think Carolina, again, you know, while uh, they would have liked to have ran away with that, I think maybe they were, I don't want to say rope-a-doping a little bit, but maybe they weren't going, you know, full out for the entire um, 60 minutes, whereas Nashville really sure. fighting for their playoff lives, you know, to keep Dallas at bay. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Nashville really, I mean, the, really the only actual playoff competition for a spot. I mean, every other division you have Montreal up nine points on the on the Flames. I mean, that could be a little bit less if the Flames go on a tear here at the end, but uh, it's, it's a moot point. Uh, the Rangers 11 points back of the Islanders, the the Coyotes five points back of the Blues, but that can be up to eight, up to nine points if they win their last two, St. Louis. Whereas, man, Nashville just barely squeaking by, Dallas only four points up, and and really that was decided just a few days ago that that Nashville was going to steal that playoff spot. So uh, where they were, what? six weeks ago even i think you had a lot of people saying that they were going to sell the farm and here they are in the playoffs against the carolina hurricanes uh i think the thing that interests me the most with the goaltending position uh is i mean carolina has three goaltenders that could play uh, two that are likely to probably like probably james reimer's your third guy and uh Nadelkovich and Mrazek are going to probably Mrazek gets the nod, but we don't know that yet. And this is really like if Carolina has one area where you'll look at and you go, Ooh, I, I don't know if that guy can win you a cup. Uh, it's really, it's that goaltending position. Whereas you look on the other side and the Nashville predators, juicy sorrows has been fantastic all year long. He's, he has disproven the haters that he he's not going to be a, a number one goalie. He's absolutely a number one goalie. But you know what? Oh, if he if anything happens to him, you just have Pekka Rene sitting right behind him. So Carolina's weakness, if you want to call it that a weakness, maybe they're lesser, far lesser strength. Uh, I call it a weakness. Uh, is Nashville's by far their biggest strength? Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think you got to kind of give that checkbox to Nashville just slightly, in my opinion. Uh, Saros is going to be interesting to watch in the playoffs. I know last year, before Mrazek went down with injury, man, he was on fire through five games, a 929 save percentage. And um, I think with Carolina playing their type of hockey they do, um, you know, I honestly think you could probably throw either one of these goalies in there and be all right now. If one of them tanks, obviously, yes, then you you go to the other guy, right? Um, but if they just play some above average, you know, good goaltending, I think with this system and uh, the team Carolina's got in front of them, man, they'll uh, they'll do just fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd say, though, that with Nashville's goaltending being such a strength and, and their defensive side of the game anyways, I mean, have, with Roman Yossi back there, I mean, anything's possible. I When I look at these... At what might be considered the biggest uh, like division between talents with teams, uh, you're probably even either going Carolina, Nashville, or Toronto, Montreal in terms of 
you know, star power on one team versus the other. But Nashville, all it takes is for a goalie to goalie to get hot. You can win a series with a goalie that is just playing out of his mind. And that would be to me the only way that Carolina really loses this series. No, I agree. And you know what's funny? I look at every single one of these series uh, in the entire NHL spectrum anyways. Uh, outside of there's one team, I think, uh, that really doesn't have a goalie that I think could steal a series. I think the rest of these teams potentially have goaltenders that could step in and steal a series. Now, uh, the one team I am talking about maybe we'll get to uh, a little bit later. But, yeah, I, I think, again, you know, like you said, Nashville, they've got Renee sitting back there, and we've seen him steal plenty of series. So if Nashville gets in trouble, they get down a couple games, Renee steps in, and, you know, he could go lights out. And next thing you know, Carolina's, uh, you know, driving home a little 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 sad there so yeah i mean ultimately it just doesn't seem like nashville in a seven game series now i don't think that this is going to be a, a, a cakewalk for carolina but i also don't see nashville winning more than two games uh if that but just based on, i mean roman yossi's had a fantastic year there's no doubt about that but now in the playoffs if you can shut roman yossi down which if all your all your defensive mindset is surrounded in shutting down one player, a playoff series is much different than the regular season. You can really shut down Nashville's offense from from the defensive from that back end. Yeah, and we know, I mean, let's let's face it. Carolina's got plenty of defenders that can uh that can skate, can move the puck and defend pretty well. So uh, you know, and especially if Dougie Hamilton, who's in a contract year, gets going, uh, I mean, look out. He's It's funny, I, I actually read a nice little stat today. Um, talk about one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL who doesn't get a lot of love, but in the last seven years, he is the only defenseman to score goals in double digits every single year. John Carlson, Victor Hedman, you know, Zach Wierenski, these goal-scoring defensemen haven't done it, but it's been Dougie Hamilton. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean... Carolina just has it's it's almost what's the best way to describe Carolina? I mean, Carolina is a team that even like five years ago, when we first started our podcast in like two, what twenty seventeen, the Hurricanes were kind of that like oh I'd love to see them make the playoffs, and and I can see how they can be really good. Now they're just they are that good. They're the way that kind of people saw them transforming into. They're just incredibly consistent. They're fast. They can score. They don't give up much. I mean, they lost three games at home in regulation out of 28. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, and that that really, that's going to be the hard part about going into Carolina Um uh, is, is the fact that, you know, they do play so well at home. But I will say, I think I heard Nashville just got approved to have uh, 12,000 people in their arena. Yes, uh, they so did. So that is going to give a big boost to the Preds. And we know from that playoff run in, what, 2016, when they went against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins there, we know how important that crowd is like that crowd just takes things to a different level that really no other arena does so if they can get something going with that crowd kind of get that you know sixth man kind of deal in there maybe you know maybe nashville can pull something off at least make it interesting 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with you because, you know, for the last year, you know, we've been limited to small crowds uh, or no crowds of any kind at a lot of these arenas. And so any kind of boost you can get, especially from a home crowd right now, when you're getting that much of a, you know, an attendance number inside your arena. Oh, man, it's, it's going to do numbers for the National Predators at home. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, just as a uh, interesting little tidbit, the Central Division, no matter from top to bottom, Carolina all the way down to the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, no one has a losing record at home. No one. Wow. The, even the Blue Jackets, eleven, nine, and eight. Now, granted, they lost. You know, they lost more than they won on home ice, but they still managed that point. So, in terms of points percentage, no one has a losing record at home in the Central Division, which is pretty amazing. Uh, that's pretty yeah. pretty close in the in the North. Vancouver twelve, twelve, and two. But oh no, Winnipeg twelve, thirteen, and two at home. So nobody. Nobody even close. That's just a random thing I just noticed. Um, (laughs) All right, let's give your prediction here. Carolina, Nashville, where do you think this one's going? So seven-game series, I mean, I got to take Carolina, right? They're just – these jerks are too good, in my opinion, back and front. Um, I think they get it done and probably – I'm going to go five games. Okay. Yeah, that's – you got to think Nashville can, can snag one in Nashville. I mean, you hope just you hope with that crowd. And I mean, obviously they, they played them. They've played them well throughout the year. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that it's Carolina, but I think that it's going to actually be much closer than people think that it will be. Nashville has been playing playoff hockey for a while now. I mean, they've been playing playoff hockey for two months, trying to, trying to recoup this and get back into the playoffs. I think that will play a factor. You could see how maybe later in the series they're gonna they'll they'll be worn out because of having to play that way. I, I'm gonna go Carolina in seven. Okay, wow. I think Nashville is able to push it because of their goaltending and and being in that playoff mindset, head right in. They're the underdogs. There's no pressure on Nashville at all to to do anything. So I think that's a good place to be. But Carolina ultimately will take that in seven. All right, let's go. Florida, Tampa Bay, the battle of the Sunshine State. We finally get it. For it. It's been, they've both been in the league since what? Since like 93? My 92, gosh, 93, now. I think is the first year. Something something along those lines. I think that's Tampa's first year is 92, 93. Then Florida was 93, 94, something. Anyways. I think you're correct. So it's been 27 years, something like that, 20, 28 years. Uh, and we finally, they've been in the same division the whole time. Like every single year, every single time they've been in the same division. So there's been every opportunity for them to play in the playoffs, especially since the uh, new playoff setup with the two threes. But we finally get it. And I think this is the first time in a very long time that I honestly could say, I think I like the Florida Panthers better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. Now, mind you, Tampa Bay is getting Steven Stamkos and Kucherov back for these playoffs. So, uh, you know, even if they're not 100%, you still think Florida, you know, can pull it off here? My goodness. I think that Kucherov, I mean, the guy's coming in totally, totally cold. Uh, 
it's going to be really hard for him to be really effective. Now, Grant, you know, is, is he still a top six forward in that shape? I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Uh, Steven Stamkos, I'm sure, will get hurt by game four. So uh, <laughs> that the guy just, I'm sorry, he just can't stay healthy. Uh, really has never been able to stay healthy especially like since like, breaking that his freaking leg on the post that was uh that was like the beginning of his terrible injury stuff it just kept happening i i just love the way that florida plays i love the way they move the puck i would love them more with Aaron Eckblad but uh, I I think that the Florida Panthers have something special happening. Uh, Tampa Bay they won the cup last year. It, it's been kind of a weird year. I I think you know it's pretty safe to say that the way they've been playing just looks like all right. All we need to do is get in and then and then we'll kind of ramp it up. Uh, but I just I really like the way that the Florida Panthers play. I they they've got kind of this cast off mentality. They've, they've got players that other teams didn't want. I mean, how good has Sam Bennett looked in a Florida Panthers Jersey? Like that guy has a new lease on life playing for the Panthers. It's, it's wonderful to see. And I mean, in 10 games, he has 15 points with the Panthers. That's yeah, this guy's got a whole, like you said, a whole new lease on life. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but it, Florida now has depth, right? I mean, you talk about a one-trick pony with Barkoff and Huberdeau. Now they've got guys that you have to really worry about on that second and third line. Yeah, Carter Verhage has been been awesome for them. I mean, thirty-six points, eighteen goals in forty-three games. I, I'm and there is something to you. Got to look. You know, you look up and down this roster. Obviously, there's the one thing you know. There is sort of this lack of of a ton of experience outside of, I guess, Verhage has, has playoff experience. Uh, but you look down up and down their lineup and even like a veteran guy, like, like you've got a Keith Yandel, but a lot of these guys haven't really spent a lot of time in the playoffs except Patrick Hornquist. And I think that, well, Patrick Hornquist had a good, still a good year. I mean, 32 points in 44 games, 14 goals, uh, in his first year with the Florida Panthers. But I think this is when Patrick Hornfish shines. Like we've seen it every playoff. This guy can come and make a huge difference. And uh, I, I, he's the one, one guy that I look to for the Florida Panthers to have a, a huge series. Yeah. I mean, the other factor that, that I'm curious to, I guess, dive into a little bit is goaltending, right? Obviously, um, you know, Bobrovsky is going to be the go-to guy here and uh, Vasilevsky on the other side. Now we know Vassy can easily steal everything uh, from Florida. And, and when you look at the, you know, the tail of the tape for these two teams during the regular season, right, they're evenly matched up and down when they play each other. I mean, through six games, Tampa Bay went three and three against Florida. Um, you know, Tampa Bay scores 23 goals and Florida schools scores 22. So you've got a pretty even team here. Um, but the difference to me, obviously, is when I look at the back end, right? Um, obviously, no Aaron Eckblad, that's going to kind of hurt them. Uh, you know, what kind of production are they going to get, uh, you know, from their back end? Besides a guy named Mackenzie Weger, which, I mean, who who would have freaking guessed he would put up this these kind of numbers uh, this season? But uh, obviously, Keith Yandel is going to be Keith Yandel. I love his game, and he's just he's fun to watch. But 
they're, I think they're really going to miss Aaron Ekblad. And so, you know, Bobrovsky's going to have to step up a little bit. And I think he's going to have to steal a game or two from Tampa, especially with getting Stamkos and Kucherov back. Um, because this is a Tampa Bay team that, you know, surprisingly didn't have a single guy at a point per game pace, which normally they, they, you know, you either hear a Braden point Kucherov Stamkos, one of these guys, uh, always firing off and at the top of the leaderboard board in terms of points and, uh, nowhere to be found. So they've been, they've been pretty decimated there at, at you know, in that aspect, but I mean, Florida has just been, uh, they've been fun to watch up front. These guys are just, like you said, Sam Bennett, uh, Carter Verhage. I mean, these guys are just fun to watch. So it's just going to be, I think, a fun yeah. series. And um, who would have thought that Carter Verhage was going to come in and, and put up you know, thirty six points in forty three games? I mean, yeah. over the course and, of an eighty two game season, that's a seventy point season. Yeah, <laughs> this is what right. Carter Verhage, a guy who, I mean, you know, last last season with scoring guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just it's it's fun. I mean, a third round pick actually by the Leafs in two thousand thirteen. Uh, but yeah, just just uh, definitely unexpected. Now, one thing with Tampa. Here's my biggest concern. I think Victor Hedman is hurt. I think we've, we've found out that Hedman's kind of been hurt for a while. And I, man, the Lightning with an injured Hedman. And if Hedman goes down at all, like if he can't play at all, the Lightning are done. Like we're looking at. Columbus 2.0 in my mind. Like, <laughs> Victor Hedman is like for all the talent. There's a reason why, you know, Kucherov goes out, Stamkos misses 18 games, and the Lightning still finish just four points back of second place in this division. Like there was no worries. Tampa Bay was not going to was not going to miss the playoffs because those guys were out. However, if Victor Hedman had been out, I don't know if that were to be true. Now, uh, granted, this division is quite bad, so <laughs> there's also that. Like the the four teams that missed the playoffs, other than Dallas, you can you can make an argument. I mean, Dallas just didn't look very good, especially without without Tyler Sagan all year. But the rest of them, over the course of a, a 56 game or 82, whatever, these teams weren't going to make the playoffs. So Tampa Bay didn't have a whole lot to to deal with, and they make the playoffs pretty easily but and if if Hedman is down this team is a very different team a very different team yeah i'll give you that i mean tampa does play a little different when hedman's not the guy there but i mean when you look at this depth on the blue line McDonough, sergachev david savardo they brought in i mean they've got enough talent back there i think they can probably get by well um, justin what happened the last time victor hedman got i know in? i know it's yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for this. I mean, this is gonna be a dogfight. Every single game is gonna be close. I think a one goal game, overtime. I mean, we're gonna see a lot of it. I think in this series, and it's gonna go down to the wire. Okay, now you think you you think that Sergey Bobrovsky gets the nod? Yes. Not Chris Dreger, who no, who no, has I, statistically because, been significantly better. Yes, I completely agree. But I, I think again, there's gonna be a short leash. For, for Bobrovsky, I think, you know, two games in, if they are down two to nothing, they're going to go to Chris Drieger. No questions about it. I think, obviously, like you said, his stats have been a little bit better. But, um, you know, let's be let's be honest here. I think moving forward, Quinville knows he has to show some faith in Sergey Bobrovsky because he's going to be the guy moving forward because, you know, Drieger's going to – he's going to get signed somewhere else this offseason. Spencer Knight's going to come up and be the backup. And so you got to – 
you know, you basically tell Bobrovsky, hey, you're our guy moving forward. We know that. And so, you know, we're going to start you. Yeah. You know, I, I don't disagree with obviously Bobrovsky's going to be with the Panthers for another five years at 10 million bucks. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Spencer Knight, you know, at least you've got the you've got the insurance policy of knowing that Spencer Knight is uh, your third guy. I mean, if, if anything happened to either one of them, or both of them, Spencer Knight could still step in. I mean, the guy was four and zero, so he played yeah. pretty, pretty well as as well. But uh, you could be this year's Thatcher Demko, right? I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it the way that goalies go down in this league nowadays, you just never know. But I, I agree. I feel like you have to give Bobrovsky the start because otherwise, you're going well. Maybe we'll start you again next year if we don't have someone better than you. So you kind of have to start him, and then you can kind of play it by, you know, okay, well, obviously you're struggling right here, so it's okay if we play somebody else. We can always rehabilitate this later. You know, but this situation reminds me a little bit of Vancouver when they had Roberto Luongo and Corey Schneider, where you, you knew, and Luongo knew, hey, you have like two bad games, and you're done. Like the the other guys coming in, and I it'll be interesting to see if if anything like that happens. Uh, but at the same time, you, you got to think this is why they brought in Sergei Bobrovsky not to not to do decent in the regular season, but to win in the playoffs, which he has done before, and he has beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning in a in a in a seven game series very recently. In fact, he's the only goalie to beat Tampa Bay in a in a seven game series. Uh, within the last couple years, so uh, who do you who are you picking for this series? I'd say this is a hard one. Yeah, you could you could honestly flip a coin, and I wouldn't argue with either one. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I've got to take experience. I've got to take the you know last year's run into account and say that Tampa pulls us off in seven. I think they've just got enough guys getting Stamkos and Kucherov back with the experience with those championship rings that they know what it takes, and I think. Florida, this is going to be a great series for them just to show, hey, we're a legit threat moving forward. And especially with Sam Bennett in there, too, I think it's going to really push Tampa to seven. Seven games, okay. So you're going Tampa in seven. and uh, I, Yes, sir. I think I'm going to go seven games, too, but I'm going Florida. All right. A couple of seven, a couple of game sevens here in the in the Central Division via my predictions. So we'll see if uh, if that comes to fruition. I I just think exactly the reason that you said Tampa Bay, you know, the experience and winning the Cup last year, that's a factor in why I think Tampa Bay might lose because they just went through this grind. The, it was such a weird experience. This year's been so weird. I, I just think that it's it's going to be – if there is a year where it would be incredibly difficult to repeat, it would be this one. It, this one might be the hardest because I I feel like after everything that some of these teams have had to endure – and now, granted, I, I guess the Florida teams, they've had a little – like it's been a little bit better in Florida than it has been in some other places. But you got to think these teams that make the playoffs, they're going to go like – I am not letting this last year just go to waste. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna lose in the first round after all that we had to endure because of COVID. Like, I'm gonna make these playoffs count. So I, I think you're gonna see a lot of balls to the walls kind of kind of playing. So, 
Love it. That's why I'm picking the Florida Panthers. Uh, where? Which division would you like to go to next? There, the North or the East? Oh boy, uh, let's let's save the North for last. I want I want to okay. save your Toronto series for last all right, year. All right, that's fair. Okay, well let's let's go to the Mass Mutual East. Mass Mutual. <laughs> we expect the we expect the check in the mail. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Islanders for the second time in two years. Your thoughts initially on this uh, this rematch of the 2019-20 season. No, 2018-19. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Uh, obviously, we know how it went last time, but I got to say, this this time around, these look like two totally different teams. I think, obviously, we, we know Pittsburgh's been on fire lately. Uh, they've been they've been hot in all areas. They've gotten Evgeny Malkin back towards the end of the season. That's just looked incredible. Um, and not to mention, I mean, Crosby and Gensel look just unstoppable right now. They just seem to be the dynamic duel that you know that we've seen in Pittsburgh years prior with Crosby when they when they've made those cup runs. And so, um, you know, this this Islanders team, though, oddly enough, you know, when they when they lost their captain Anders Lee and he went down and they went out and they they made a move to get Kyle Palmieri. Travis Zajac, it just hasn't really panned out the way I thought it was going to. And I, I think everybody thought it was going to probably go pretty well, right? I think Kyle sure. Palmieri looked like the guy that was going to fit in really well with the squad. He was like a Barry Trotz type of player. And honestly, he just hasn't looked very dominant. Uh, through 17 games, only four points, two goals. Two I mean, goals. Y- you know, I, I know you mentioned it too before, you know, that you think Palmieri's on his way out. He's, you know, on a, on a downturn, downhill, whatever you want to call it. And uh, honestly, I think, yeah, this is this is maybe he's showing signs of, you know, his age here or, you know, his style of play because he, he does like to go a little physical, a little harder. Um, so, yeah, I, I just honestly, it's the tale of two different tapes, right? I think when you look at the season series against each other, Pittsburgh 6-2 and two against the Islanders. They've scored 25 goals and allowed 19. So, uh, you know, oddly enough, though, the funny part is when you look at the, the leading scores for both teams, obviously Matthew Barzell for the Islanders, but Chris Letang for Pittsburgh with nine points through these eight games. So, um, you know, obviously we know Pittsburgh's going to try to play an offensive style of game, whereas the Islanders are going to try to shut you down defensively and try to win them two to one, one to nothing. So uh, whose style is going to come out on top really is the big question mark for me. Yeah. uh, I think the comparison with Pittsburgh two years ago, I think what's happened is their depth has just gone through the roof. I mean, couple years ago you didn't have Kasperi Kapanen putting up 30 points in 40 games you didn't have Jared McCann you know basically on pace for a 60 point season and freaking Jeff Carter how about Jeff Carter right now Jeff Carter has been such a breath of fresh air for that team nine goals in 14 in 14 games yeah that four goal game was crazy I mean but still even like I really I like Mark Jankowski uh this team is just better built i mean it than than teams in the past uh i think obviously you win a couple cups in a row and you have to trade away draft picks and and you're you're losing players like patrick hornfist you lose and you know there's there's guys that you want to wish you could keep but you just can't because you got to pay other players and i mean the pittsburgh penguins did they they had a, a couple down years and and now i mean honestly as well with Chris Letang, this might be the first season where I think I can honestly say, Hey, Chris Letang's healthy Yeah, <laughs> in, in a long time, maybe in five years. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's been a while since you you watched him play and you felt like he was the best player on the ice at times like i mean he hasn't played the last time he played close to 80 games was 17 18 he played 79 games i mean since then i mean last year he missed 21 the year before 17 uh i mean he just has a 16 17 he missed half the year I mean, it's it's just been a while since he's played this way, but or but you know been healthy, but also the way that he's been playing, uh, yeah, he is forty five points in fifty five games. That's great, but it's it's been even more than that. The way that the the competition that he's playing up against, he's playing against the best every night, and he's had to do more this year than I think he has had to in the past, and uh, I I think that he's. I mean, he's he's kind of a, a found himself again, and I I look to Chris Letang to be the difference maker in this series against the Islanders. I think that he is going to be that good. I mean, that on top of you know Sidney Crosby, and I, I don't think the Islanders have an answer for Crosby um, at at this point. I think that Crosby will uh, be able to find himself here in this playoff series and. They will win a round for the first time in in a little while since they won the cup, I think, right? Yeah, the one the one thing that does kind of scare me when you when you talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, we know again healthy Latang, uh, you know healthy forwards up front that are scoring and producing in in good depth, but the goaltending, right? Kristen Jari, he had one game of playoff experience last year, and that's it, right? So when you look at the other the other end, you've got. Semyon Varlamov, who last year through 20 games, you know, went down to the wire against the Lightning and put up a 921 save percentage. He looked phenomenal all playoffs last year. Well, and he's and been so, phenomenal all year. I mean, he's yeah. he he is like I don't think quite Vesna trophy deserving, but he's pretty darn close. Like he yeah, could And he's I mean, he's that team's MVP. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree Jerry on the opposite end. I mean, he's been okay this year, but you know, is okay going to win you a series? That's what concerns me. Yeah, I, I guess also I'm, I'm just going, man. If Ganey Malkin has just not, he hasn't been great this year, but he still has 28 points in 33 games. So it's not like he's, it's not like he can't produce. Uh, in his last five games, he's got five points. Like he's been, he's been doing pretty decent. I think he might be able to find another level here in the playoffs. Like. Can Evgeny Malkin elevate himself one last time? Because there, there's a chance here that that this is Evgeny Malkin's last playoff run with the Penguins. I, I really believe that. I think that there's a legitimate chance that Evgeny Malkin is dealt in the in the off season. I mean, you look, wow. he's got he'll have one year left on his deal. It, it won't be impossible to move him. I, I think they might try to move him, depending on what happens here in this in this playoff run. Now, okay, if the Penguins go, they win the cup. Malkin has a great series. Uh, I think, you know, they maybe they just maybe they try to sell sell at his his high point, but you know, they probably go. We can go on one more run with Malkin, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, good thing for Pittsburgh is they don't have any big name UFAs or RFAs that need contracts, so. They're not up against a cap crunch too either, so they don't have to deal in the off season. Right, right, exactly. Uh, but I, I do think that this is a there's a chance there's a chance that Mal, this 
I mean, either way, next year's probably Malkin's last year in Pittsburgh. My guess is that he, he after he's a UFA, he'll go somewhere else. I mean, granted, he'll be 35 at the end of next year. So it, it'll be interesting it to see. What the he heads back to Russia. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's always a possibility with uh, with these Russians, especially with Putin calling. <laughs> this year, this year's just been weird. Uh, but all that to be said, who are you picking in this series? Yeah, I think ultimately, uh, goaltending aside, I, I like what I see out of Pittsburgh's forward group, their depth, their defense. I just like everything about them better. Uh, again, outside of the goaltending, um, you know, now maybe if you come down to coaches, I'll definitely take Barry Trotz. But ultimately, I think Pittsburgh gets it done in six. Okay. Uh, I'm going Pittsburgh in five. I'm saying that this one is a quick series. Uh, as much as I like Semyon Varlamov, uh, I also really like what the Penguins are doing. I think that they're going to uh, kind of avenge themselves from the last time that they played the Islanders, and they will make quick work of these Islanders, despite Barry Trotz's excellent coaching. Uh, I think that they, uh, although, you know, at home they have been pretty darn good. So it's it, both teams, 22 wins for Pittsburgh, 21 for the Islanders at home. So it's going to be a, a tough win, a tough out in the, in the Islanders barn, but I'm going Pittsburgh in five. Uh, right. Let's go the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins, probably the biggest, most heavy like two-headed monster series that we have here in the first round. I mean, I don't think that there's two teams that are better that are going up against each other. Like truly the ultimate coin flip in my mind (laughs) between these two teams. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the big story for me, right. Is the Dan O'Chara Washington Capitals. He's heading back to, but to Beantown here. And so, uh, you know, what's going to be the story there is, is Big Z going to take it easy? You know, not lay the body on some of his, some of his former teammates here. Is he going to go balls out because this is likely his last run too? Um, I don't you know, know about gonna... that, dude. I don't think this is yeah. his last run by any stretch. The way that okay. he's looked, he's been so good. He's been so important for the Washington Capitals this year. I, I don't, I don't see him hanging up the, hanging up the jersey. I mean, the way that he's been playing. I think he could just, you know, sign another close to league minimum. He, I mean, maybe he stays in Washington. Maybe he goes somewhere else. But he's been pretty good and very effective for Washington. I mean, he's just, Zidona Chara is just, there's no one like him. There may never be another player like him in our lifetime. Probably, like, we'll probably never see some six foot nine Norris Trophy winning defenseman ever again. I mean, yeah, he's uh he's an enigma, that's for sure. Right. So, I think when he go, you know, he leaves Boston, he goes to a new team, Washington, and and you kind of figure out how you can use him and how effective he can be as long as he's protected. I mean, that that's really the 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 key is finding him the the right pairing, putting him out in the right situations. And if you can do that, I mean, Zadona Chara is even even if he just killed penalties, and that's all he did. He played like eight minutes a game and killed penalties. He'd probably still be a pretty important player on that team. Yeah. So I I I mean I I really like what Chara has brought. However, 
there just seems to be a little bit of a, like everything has kind of been weird and crazy for, for Washington. What uh, I mean, this season has kind of had a lot of, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And uh, other than, I mean, best moment of the season, I think for the Capitals, TJ Oshie uh, getting that hat trick after uh, his dad passed away. Just so, so great to see. But when I look at the way this team's played and the Alex Ovechkin injury, I know that he actually managed to make it through a full game, but I wonder about it. I, you know, obviously he's coming back for the playoffs. He's not going to miss a game in the playoffs. But if Alex Ovechkin is is anything short of the Alex Ovechkin that the Washington Capitals have come to rely on, this is going to be a really hard series for Washington to win in my mind. Yeah, and so what I look at is depth, right? And I think right now, obviously, you're you're looking at the Backstrom line trying to match up against the Bergeron line. And if you go player for player there, you know, you get a little bit of Ovechkin. Um, you know, the difference has got to be right now, David Krejci and Taylor Hall look like they've got the best chemistry in the league. They just are unstoppable Dude. right now. Yeah, Taylor and, Hall is is a different man in, in, in Boston. Yes. And he legit came out and said, this is like the best 15-game stretch I've had my entire career uh, in terms of just having fun playing hockey. And so when I look at... At Washington, obviously, then you got to look to Kuzi and Mantha, and can those guys match the intensity and skill that you know Krejci and Hall are going to bring both on both sides of the puck, right? I obviously Hall's not really the defensive-minded type of player, but David Krejci, I mean, he still got it there. He can win faceoffs, and Kuznetsov, you know, you look at him in the the circle this year, forty-one percent, not good by any means. And then you look at you know obviously his production, twenty-nine points through forty-one games. Uh, not typical Kuznetsov fetch. And, and not only that, but we're also hearing rumors already about him possibly being dealt. Um, you know, so who knows what's going on inside yeah, that locker room. Something's in terms of, happening there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's already been benched for one game. And so, uh, you know, Sam Sonoff, again, same same character issue there too. And so, um, you know, we, we got Craig Anderson backing up Banachek right now. And um, so what yeah, kind Van, of has been good too. I, yeah, he's been all right. Uh, and I think regardless of who's in the net for the Washington Capitals, I think I'm taking Tuka Rask all day long. Oh, Bruins. I'm taking Yuroslav Halak all day long over either one of those sure. guys. I mean, <laughs> there's no comparison right now when you look at goaltending depth. So uh, even Swayman, I mean, gosh, if, God forbid something happens to both those guys and Swayman comes in, I actually would rather take him at this point. So, um, but again, yeah, he's to been, me, it, he's been outrageous. <laughs> In yeah, his ten games, one one point five zero goals against a nine four five save percentage. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't think that he's going to see any playoff time. But <laughs> no, probably not. But again, if if you had to, you know, check off the boxes, the the biggest concern for me from Washington side is that depth scoring. You know, are they going to get Lars Eller, Connor Sherry? Are these guys going to step up and you know be the difference here? And to me. I just I don't see it right now. I just really don't see it. Boston's coming in so hot right now with that second line of Taylor Hall and, and you know Krejci. I just I don't see how Washington can match up. Yeah, Boston is. I mean, Washington is seven two and one in their last ten, but that paints a very deceptive picture because they have not been that good over those ten games. Uh, whereas Boston. Uh, I, I mean, some of it, Boston not even playing all. What did Boston? 
didn't dress like 10 of their regulars or something like that in the last game. <laughs> so, I mean, some of these games have been useless for the, for the Bruins after, after they knew where they were going to be slotted. So, uh, I just, I wonder if Washington can handle their depth. It's the one thing that Boston now really has. Like, Boston is a lot like Pittsburgh. I mean, they've just, I mean, to get Taylor Hall in your top six for nothing is just ridiculous. But uh, they have slowly built up their depth over the last couple of years. And, I mean, they might be an even better team than the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, sure. a couple of years ago. So, especially with Krejci playing the way that he's playing. Uh, he's got a new lease on life. And, and honestly, the one thing that maybe scares me for Washington, David Pasternak has just been okay at scoring goals. <laughs> I mean, he 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 won the Rocket last year, and he didn't, like, he's still shooting well, 11.4%. Like, he's still doing all the right things. He had he a point per game. He had 20 goals in 48 games. But holy smokes, what if David Pasternak comes alive? Because he has been very good in the playoffs. Uh, and I... I just I don't think that Washington can handle them. I don't. I I I don't even think it's going to be close. I even though this series looks like it's supposed to be this juggernaut series, I wonder if Boston could win this in five games. I I won't say that as my prediction. I'm going to say Boston in six because. Five games, it just it just doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm a, I'm like offending Ovechkin if I say that, but I'm going Boston in six because I don't like an unhealthy Ovechkin. I don't like their goaltending, and I think Boston's just going to be too much for them. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think Boston takes this, but this is my bold prediction here. I'm saying a Boston sweep right now. Oh, a Boston sweep. A Boston sweep. Wow. That would be, I thought about saying that and I, I pulled to five and then I pulled to six. So you've got more cojones than I. <laughs> uh, okay. A Boston sweep over Washington. That would be a pretty, a pretty huge crumbling of a team if, if that were to happen. Uh, I guess we'll both, you know, we'll both run with our tails between our legs if Washington <laughs> wins the series. Um, I hope that it's the, the juggernaut series that, Everyone is kind of expecting and talking about. I just don't know if Washington has the depth to really handle Boston in a seven-game series. Okay, shall we move on to the North Division? Let's do it. Let's talk Leafs-Montreal. First time these two teams are playing each other since 1979. It has been 42 years since these two teams faced off against each other in the playoffs. Some of that because they were in different conferences for a while, but... They have been in the same division for a bit and never found each other in the playoffs. And here we go. Uh, definitely a, I'll say a, a large talent gap between the top end guys of the Leafs and the top end guys of Montreal. But I do think that Montreal actually has very comparable depth to the Leafs top to bottom. Maybe Maybe better depth than the Leafs have in terms of who's playing on that third, that fourth line for Montreal. And uh, so, well, I think that Toronto is definitely the better team. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt about that, that there's more talent on the Leafs. I think that Montreal is going to surprise people with how well they're going to play in this series. Yeah, you know, I, I can't really disagree with you there. 
Um, because one, like you said, I think Montreal looks like a team that's got a second line team up and down, right? I mean, you look up in the first through the third line there, these are basically second line players, but they're so well balanced and they're so well coached sometimes that I just, you know, it doesn't matter what line they roll out there. Now, again, they've got great guys on the back end and, you know, that definitely, definitely helps. But, um, you know, when I look at Montreal, the one thing I look at is, especially with that forward group. And when you talk about the difference in terms of talent level there, uh, Montreal's got quite a few guys that are on expiring deals. And so you've got a lot of guys who are looking to cash in, so to speak. And so uh, obvious names like Thomas Tatar, Philip Deneau, Eric Stahl, um, you know, these guys, uh, even Coquette Niemi, again, guys that want to prove themselves. And, and how about who was Cole very Caulfield, good, right? who was very good in the bubble last year, Coquette Yes. And how about Cole Caulfield? They get another weapon for the playoffs. Now, again, I'm, I haven't read if they're, you know, planning to use him heavily in the playoffs or if they're just going to, you know, give him a little bit of taste. But three goals through nine games, um, you know, maybe he, you know, again, gets that, that taste of the playoffs and just, you know, explodes. But, um, you know, again, when you look at Toronto's team up front, obviously they've got guys, you know, on those first two lines that can score. They've got, I mean, maybe three potential, you know, 40 goal scorers there. So, you know, man, it's it's going to be tough to tough to match up with that when you when you look at the forward group. Now, the concern for me, obviously, for actually for both these teams, I, well, I, I won't call it a concern, but the question mark is goaltending. Sure. Because – is Freddie Anderson starting? Or are they going to go to Jack Campbell, who's been pretty good for them? Or well, you, you know, know Montreal? By no, pretty go good, do you mean he's lost two games all year? Right. <laughs> out of tw- uh, I, mean, I mean, two games in regulation out of twenty-one, he's won yeah. seventeen games, nine-two-three save percentage, two-one-one goals against. I mean, he he has been fantastic, uh, and I don't think that there's any way that Freddie Anderson starts in the playoffs. No. Well, I mean, here's they, the thing. If if you're saying moving forward, Jack Campbell's your guy, and you're moving on from Freddie Anderson, this is the time to say so, right? Well, they already they already basically did in the offseason last year when they said, well, we can't really move him. <laughs> they couldn't find anybody that wanted him, really, that where they would get enough. So I think they, you know, they kind of said, yeah. well, let's try it again with him, and we'll see what happens. But the way that Campbell's playing, I mean, I don't know how – you could say, I mean, Anderson already a free agent at the end of the year. It's not like the Leafs can afford to sign Anderson for any more than what he's making right now. Uh, and you'd probably look at him and go, well, I don't know if you deserve $5 million a year. I think you're probably more like a $3.5 million goaltender now. And, and that might just have to be what it is. Like when he goes and signs his next deal, I don't think he's getting more than five. No way. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, I don't. I, if there's a team desperate enough, you know, but I just, I don't see it happening. Um, maybe, yeah, but, maybe five million for two years, but you're not sure. getting an, you're not getting a long term deal. He's also 31, which for a goaltender can, you know, goaltenders are weird, but usually this is the age where things start to unravel a little bit. Maybe not completely, but you usually, you probably don't have too many good years left, especially with. It seems like Freddie Anderson is always hurting his groin somehow, so that's that's <laughs> not a that's not good moving forward. But I, I don't think there's any way that Jack Campbell doesn't start now. If the Leafs find themselves down two nothing, and Jack Campbell's been really bad, 
absolutely they'll go back to Frederick Anderson. I don't I don't think you have any hesitation about playing Frederick Anderson, but you just you look at the way Jack Campbell's played and the way that the team plays in front of him is just different. Like they I know that they love Freddie Anderson, but the way that they played in front of Campbell is is different than how they've played in front of Anderson and he has reaped the benefits. He deserves to be there. He deserves to start and be given the opportunity to see if he can be the guy that can win it. And if he does really well, you know, the Leafs win a couple rounds and he's their goalie. I mean, then next year you don't need to panic. You don't have to bring back Frederick Anderson at an inflated contract. You can go out, you can find one or two goalies. You could keep David Riddich if you want, you know, you can, you can kind of patch together a goal to a couple guys to back him up. And suddenly, you know, Jack Campbell at 1.6 million <laughs> looks pretty darn good as a starting goalie, a pretty darn good deal by, uh, by Kyle Dubas for the Leafs. But I, I think when all is said and done, the Montreal Canadians, a very deep team, but the Leafs are, are so much deeper because of their high, high end talent at the top. I mean, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, it just it it's almost like it doesn't end when it comes to Leafs. I mean, they took Alex Gelchenyuk, who everyone kind of thought, well, this guy's career is practically over, and they bring him in and have made him. A, he's he's a pretty effective player uh, playing with John Tavares. He's able to move up and down the lineup. He's got eleven points in twenty four games. I mean, he's he's basically on like a, a pretty close to a forty point season, and and. I think that that's they got them off waivers, <laughs> so they they've been able to take players that other teams don't want. And you know what? All this they they added Nick Foligno, they they have Zach Hyman. Both those guys have been out for a little while. Nick Foligno hasn't really made his mark yet on this team, and come playoff time, that is when both those guys are going to shine. Like that is the reason that they brought both those have both those players is for the playoffs. And I think that that'll be an even bigger boost for the Leafs having having a guy like Felino in there. Uh, I I just don't see it for Montreal to be able to win this series, but I do think that they could they could win a couple games and, and make it and make it a nail biter for the Leafs. Yeah, I think Montreal is going to try to grind, and uh, honestly, like you talked about, Felino, Hyman, I think those guys are going to be so key for Toronto to be able to get past the series where you can finally say, you know, we've got a little bit of edge, right? Wayne Simmons, uh, you know, they've got these guys who can grind a little bit with you too. And then, you know, they just go, they'll just go over the top with you with, with great, you know, uh, <laughs> great offense there. So is Montreal going to be able to keep up? I think not. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be still be a good series. Even if it's a, even if it's a four game sweep by the Leafs, I think that it'll still be pretty close. Uh, I think Montreal will play them very hard uh, they're a hardworking team. You won't be able to sleep any night. No game is going to be easy, and uh, that always makes for a fun first round. Okay, let's go to the last North playoff series. Oh, wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Oh, we got to make our predictions my here. God. Come on. Let's I'm, get going, I'm saying Toronto in six. Okay. Well, I think for once we'll agree I'll take Toronto in six as well. Okay. All right, on to Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh Probably at the beginning of this year, if you were going to say, okay, Edmonton's going to make the playoffs, which out of these four teams that made the playoffs, Edmonton was probably the one that was on the least amount of people's playoff picks. Um, a lot of people had Vancouver in there. I think I did. 
A lot of people had Calgary. And at the beginning of the year, it just didn't look like Edmonton would have the depth. But, you know, maybe they'd squeak in on that fourth seed. But Edmonton has been much better than expected. And Winnipeg has really fallen apart in the back half of this season. Now, fortunately, they were, you know, first in this division at one point. Now it's playoff time. Everything's reset. This is the series that, that, I mean, Winnipeg could win this whole thing and they could be in the semifinals. Like they could, they could totally, you know, playoffs come and everything clicks for them. Connor Hellebuck is unbelievable. And away goes Winnipeg. They beat Edmonton. They beat Toronto and they go to the conference finals or whatever, the semifinals. Um, but also Edmonton could make quick work of the Winnipeg Jets. Like that is how Jekyll and Hyde this year has been for Winnipeg. I have no idea what Winnipeg team is going to show up in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing, right? What team are you going to get? I mean, obviously we know with Edmonton, right? They've got McDavid who can just steal a game on his own. Uh, same with Dreisaitl. These two guys are just incredible to watch. But, you know, it's what four group are you going to get from Winnipeg? Because, you know, I talked about it at the deadline. I was disappointed that Winnipeg yep, yep. did not address address the defense. And so now they've got to, they've got to basically roll out Morrissey 24-7 to just make sure that Drysaddle and McDavid do not, you know, just explode for outrageous numbers and, and tear this team apart because you're going to need Hollabuck to really, you know, help out as well. Um, so can they do it? Do they have the depth on defense to really stay on top of these two, you know, all-stars here? And, um, you know, I, I got to wonder, you know, because again, like you talked about, we had basically drastically different teams in Winnipeg all year. They were up and down. And so, uh, it's nice, though, lately, Blake Wheeler looks like he's been getting going again. Um, you know, obviously, Mark Shifley is Mark Shifley. He's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, though, he's he's the big key for me. You know, he's a guy who I think has a lot of defensive skills that could really help this team out uh, come playoff time. So, you know, is he going to step up and be able to match up with maybe like, say, a dry sidle, right? You know, but again, is Edmonton going to split these guys up? Or are they going to pair them together? I think at first they're going to. They're going to try to split them up and, you know, see what they can do. But honestly, this is going to be this is going to be a fun series for me to watch just because I'm excited to see after the season McDavid and Dreisaitl had what they can do in the playoffs now. Because if there's a time for them to take advantage of it, it's now with a Winnipeg team that really has been up and down all year long. Yeah, yep. And, and you know, the, the one thing about this series, it's like the one of the only series that's really going to be out west. You know, you've got... You're going to have uh, Vegas and Colorado, and then there's really no other series. And that's only if Vegas and Col- when Vegas and Colorado are actually playing at home. So this series will be entirely played like that mountain time. I know Winnipeg is the central time, but it, it'll be a little bit later. It'll be easier to watch this game, whereas all these other games are Eastern time zone games. Uh, this this one will be a little bit easier to watch, and it will be a it'll be a fun series because I think no matter what, Winnipeg is gonna throw their body around. They're gonna see if they can probably put the hurt on Connor McDavid and Jai Seidel. Um I don't know if they'll ever catch Connor McDavid, but I you know the the other thing that we haven't even touched on yet is the fact that Mike Smith is the guy's having a, a Vesna Trophy season. <laughs> And we and we talk about Winnipeg having fantastic goaltending, which Hellebuck is a a top five goalie in the NHL all the time. But 
and Mike Smith has been unbelievable. Maybe the best the best year of his entire career coming at age what age thirty nine something like that. Uh, yep, thirty nine. My goodness, it's it's not like this has been the the McDavid Drysaddle show and that's it. They're getting help. That's why they're winning. I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle have have been about this good for a while, but they just had no help, and now finally they're getting production outside of those two guys, i.e., their goaltending. Like that's that's what they needed. They needed their goaltending to be really good, and this is the first year since Cam Talbot had that really good year that they they're getting great goaltending and uh and I that's made all the difference for this Oilers team. So, while they still don't have that depth that forward, uh it's certainly made up by the guy who has 100 and I mean, there are 183 points between two guys. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Whereas I mean, that's between two guys and most most teams don't even have one guy with 60 points. I know. And it's it's funny I read a I, hopefully I'm remembering this correctly, but Connor McDavid in the last 14 days or last 14 games, I'm sorry, has more points than any player through the entire season from the New Jersey Devils. Just that, that, yeah, that's that alone is crazy to me in 14 games. Uh, yeah. It just shows you how God awful the New Jersey Devils are, but well, that too, <laughs> uh, the Devils are, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be doing a, a postseason moratorium on the devils because uh that that one will be fun but yeah yeah because the uh the top scorer for the devils pavel zaka 35 points <laughs> oh pretty great year there for the devils uh-huh. <laughs> all right let's uh let's go prediction edmonton winnipeg who do you think's walking away with this yeah i'm gonna take edmonton to be quite honest i think when it when it comes down to it i think yes you know Winnipeg's got the depth, and I think, you know, Hollabuck can can stand on his head all he wants. But I think ultimately, they it's just that McDavid dry saddle machine is too much for him. And I think in seven games, Edmonton will squeak this one out. I agree. I think we're going to see for the first time, and maybe the only time, Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid. Oh my! Wouldn't it, that be? It lovely? is going to be a us like. The it, it will be potential like unless these two teams play each other in the Stanley Cup Finals, which is possible. Certainly, it's possible. You know, you have two of the best players in the whole league. It's it's possible they eventually play each other in the finals, but that's a very rare matchup. You know, you, you, the same two teams just don't make it to the finals very often. Uh, so this could be the only time that it happens, and that would be a doozy of a series. Uh, I, I think that would just it would just be a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm gonna also yeah. go go Edmonton, but I think that Winnipeg's gonna push it. I think we're going seven games, and I think in that game seven, Connor McDavid goes ham. And, All right, uh, and yeah. Be, I, 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 I think, think that the Oilers will wear down the Jets. I think that the Jets can can keep pace early on with like like you're saying, you know, Josh Morrissey, he can play a lot. He can play high minutes, and that's fine. But you get deep into a seven game series. And that's not going to work as well. And McDavid is going to, it's going to be like the football team that, you know, you run the ball a ton in the first quarter and you just, you know, you're not scoring a bunch. The score is low and, but you're, but you're moving the ball and you're running and you're running and you're wearing the defense down. They're on the field for a long time. And then bam, everything breaks through and nobody's got energy in the back half of the game. And, 
it's a, it's a blowout because of what you did in the first quarter. And I, I see that uh, being the case for Edmonton in this series against Winnipeg. Yep. Okay. Well, the West division has yet to be decided. I, I think that uh, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm saying that, uh, that Vegas is going to take that top spot. I think the LA Kings are going to have like, they get to play Colorado twice. I, I know they've got nothing to play for, but kind of neither does Colorado. Like, does it really matter? Do you want to play St. Louis in round one? Not really. Do you want to play Minnesota in round one? No, I don't want to play either team in round one. So uh, to me, I'm just going to go, you know what? I'm going to rest McKinnon. I'm going to rest like everyone else is resting their guys. I think it's time to just rest players because I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters who you play in the first round. And with, with crowds being limited anyways, I don't know that it matters that much. Um, if you have home ice, I guess, you know, you look at some of these home records and, uh, Teams have been doing very well at home, except for St. Louis. They're terrible at home. They're they're 10, 11, and 5. They're probably the only playoff team with a losing record uh, in the playoffs. Nope, nope, Winnipeg as well. So, oh, Winnipeg could win their game and, and make me wrong. But anyways, I, I think that it's, it's maybe overblown. If I were Colorado, I'd be much more concerned about let's let's give these guys a rest. Let's rest Grew Bauer. Let's you know let's not let things get out of hand. We don't need anybody getting hurt because no matter who we play, we need McKinnon to win. <laughs> we will not win without Nathan <laughs> McKinnon. So that that would be that's my thought about this division. Uh, I, I think we're going to go Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. That's that's what I think. But we'll we'll break yep. it all down uh, once it's official. Uh, so stay stay tuned for that and uh, stay tuned for our breaking down of each team's individual season as they become eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, if you haven't heard Buffalo and Anaheim, we did those ones already. So you can go back and listen to those. Justin, any final thoughts headed into the playoffs before we sign off today? Boy, I'm just excited to get going. Oh. I, I, that's all I can say. Whew. It seems like the longest season ever, even though it's been a shortened season. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, well, we will uh, talk to you guys soon. You can find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. Hit us up, let us know what you think, and we will talk to you soon.